it's that time again for all this pitter-patter, these good old fun times we call a fairly queer podcast. That's right. So, are you ready to get fairly queer and queerly fair? I'll get queerly clear. Really do. Good. Good, Sam. Now, Jeremy, why is this night different than than uh, any other night? I don't know, Sam. Why don't you tell me? Well, occasionally on a fairly queer podcast, we have special guests that we want to highlight their fine work in the queer community. We've had Alaska on, and now we have yeah. our next very special guest. Um, one of my favorite artists, very iconic, been doing queer art since the early 2000s. And if you don't know him by name, you certainly have seen his artwork. Uh, we have Joe Phillips on with us. What are you doing for That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for coming into my orbit. I appreciate it. Oh, of course. <laughs> Of course. Now, Joe, I'm of course familiar with your with your artwork, but for yes. our listeners that might not be familiar with your contribution to shame on them. The, shame on them. I know, right? Well, that's what I was saying telling you yesterday, and I told Jeremy this as well, is that like for those that don't know you by your name, I feel like it's impossible to not be familiar with your artwork if you've spent any time in the queer community. I was just looking up uh, your Wikipedia page in the last couple of days, and I didn't even realize that your artwork was featured in um, a video game I played, which was uh, My Ex-Boyfriend the Space Pirate. Oh my god, yeah. I totally did some artwork for those guys. Yeah, um, it's very prevalent. Uh, Your work's all over the place. Um, So yeah, why don't you, uh, for those of you... For those that out there that aren't familiar, though, with your with who you are, why don't you give a like a brief kind of description of of who you are? Well, um, I am. I don't know. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a, that's a very good question. Um, I think uh, for the most part, I am a, a comic book artist. Uh, started back in the day. Uh, worked uh, in traditional comic books doing uh, Mr. Miracle and Justice League and Silver Surfer and Wonder Woman and all these kinds of books. And I did it for a while, and I got an issue of, um, what do you call it, Uh, Superboy. And Mm. in it, uh, Superboy was uh, infiltrating this uh, high school to find, you know, uh, this other character. And so the characters in the background, I... You know, put like a little XY shirt. There used to be a a, 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 a gay magazine called XY. So mm-hmm. I, as so I put one of the characters in an XY T-shirt, and the uh, art director from XY, he had saw it and he was so excited, and he asked if I would do um, a story for their for their magazine, and I did, and then we turned it into a comic, and we did more and more, and then uh, I, along with a couple of my buddies. We started a company to make gay products, gay friendly products, because there was always a lot of, you know, sort of sexy artwork or sex artwork. But there was not very much as far as, you know, just fun, uh, inclusive kind of stuff out there. And they always say, if uh, you can't find it, you need to do it yourself. So I said, OK, well, that's what I'm going to do. And so I started uh, what I call my Joe Boys. And it's just that sort of uh, energetic fun uh attitude that you know you can be gay and be out and do things 
And it's not always about sex, but, you know, keep it sexy and fun. And started doing that, I guess, um, in the early 2000s, the late, uh, uh, like, I think we started in, in like, 1999, I'm going to say, 1998, Mm. Um, You know, because I'd always done, like, a few spot illustrations here and there for uh, local gay magazines. And uh, when I lived back in Atlanta, I used to do a comic strip. Uh, for one of the local um, weekly rags, but you know, this was the first time you know, full color, big, big time, uh, just being out there. And so, most of my artwork, uh, I was working at a, at a time with a company called Ten Percent, and Ten uh, Percent of what? <laughs> honey, that's a whole story. Ten percent of what? Mostly, mm. yeah, yeah, mostly 10% was all the artists got, and they kept the rest of the money. But we're not gonna, oh, I see. T, <laughs> Ivana, yeah, no, no, their idea was that they were gonna give 10% of all of their earnings to the community, uh, which sounds great, but when you actually do the math, the community never got any money. That's but, unfortunate. Well, you know, they're shysters in all walks of life, okay? So just because you're gay doesn't mean you have a good heart. Um, yeah, well, we, we talk a lot about accountability on this podcast, too, about keeping people within your community accountable. You know, there's no yeah. reason that you can't criticize the efficacy of people, even if they're queer, because that's how we keep each other accountable. So I agree with that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I think, you know, I think sometimes when people, you know, they have to kind of, yeah, you know, they say money is the root of all evil. And I don't think it's that people are evil. It's just that they get. Well, maybe they, no, there's some people who are definitely evil. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, but you know, it's just that, you know, they get uh, selfish. They get, you know, right. they get greedy. It, 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 it like it, it opens up some, some kind of hurt that they've had in their life and they, you know, patch it with money. So, uh, you know, they get theirs. And, and if you are in their way, you will definitely get run over. Um, it's a, it's, it's definitely a sad uh, state of affairs. But anyway, I, you know, I work with them. They had they had distribution, um, and you know, so I did uh, uh, greeting cards and calendars, and um, you know, worked for different magazines, uh, and uh, you know, got the, the Joe Boys out there. Mm-hmm. So you had mentioned. I'm really interested in this point because you had mentioned, which I definitely think is something that's very prevalent in your artwork, which mm-hmm. you have like sort of these like idyllic sexy scenarios depicting gay life but mm-hmm. you never like drifted into like 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 pornography um was that well, something that was always important to you to sort of maintain that kind of uh identity in your work uh yes and no i mean i mean i you know of course i've you know i've done a gay porn um um animated film so it's not that I, I, I was opposed to it. It's just that I didn't want that to be the focus. Right. You know, you know so it just like sex in life, you know, you know, everybody on the planet, uh, you know, enjoys sex for the most part. I certainly uh, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, it's a, but that's so. So. So, of course, that's always part of it. But I think the main thing was that there's enough sex stuff out there in my opinion i thought right you uh, felt like the market was oversaturated yeah it was oversaturated and so the the other part was like you know how do you 
you know, how do you uh, approach the gay just in your daily life? Because you spend 80% of your day, you know, wearing clothes, hanging out with your friends, going to dinner, you know, hanging with your parents, things like that. So, you know, where is that part of the story? And I think that part is just as valid as the other stuff. So having that as the basis um, for the stories, I think that that made it um, more digestible to, you know, people from all over the world. They, you know, they Mm -hmm. can identify with it because, you know, not everyone's going to be, you know, the super sexy character, um, but everybody can, you know, hang out with their friends and be fun. And I think that's, you know, um, the key to uh, making it more uh, durable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, So you are, you are known for these sort of like, really like wonderful idyllic and uh, I would also venture to say you can push back on this but like very kind of commercial sort of scenes I know that you've done like work for Budweiser and stuff so Mm. I find that one thing that's really unique about your artwork is that it's just so universally universally sorry I can't talk (laughs) universally palatable um, which I think, oh, so sorry, let me turn that off. Um, universally. Are your muffins uh, ready? <laughs> I hope so. Oh, uh, someone Univers- say muffins. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, the bell, oh, the muffins are um, But when you're constructing these sort of, um, these sort of scenes, do you have like reoccurring characters? How do you sort of uh, visualize and then get down onto uh, like paper or a, a digital medium, the uh, scenes that you're trying to depict? Well, like, what's the inspiration? Um, that's a good question. I, I think what it is is sort of, you know, what I grew up with. And I grew up with stories. Um, you know, I, I, uh, my background in school was, uh, was uh, musical theater. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I know. Don't get me singing, because, you know, I have, <laughs> I, I, I have no shame and I have a terrible voice. So those are two dangerous things mixed together. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, and so, you know, I always love a tale. And I think that when I was doing the artwork, I wanted to do something unapproachable because the whole idea was to be seen. Right. Um, like, you know, yeah. like if I drew, you know, ma- the majority of my artwork of, you know, shirtless dudes but with their, you know, butts and penises and whatnot, you can't, you can't leave it out. You know, you have to kind of hide it away. It becomes. Yeah. You know, yeah it's it, very pinupy in that sense. You really yeah. do a good job at sort of giving just enough. But yeah. also, like, it could be, it, the artwork could be really anywhere because it doesn't become too graphic. Right. And um, over the years, I mean, I've, I've had parents write me uh, uh, because they've seen my work and they were very um, uh, happy that it was out there and it made them feel less uh, that their kids were going to be, uh, you know, objectified and, and, and that they were going to go through this this you know, trauma all the time. And uh, it was, you know, a nice way that they see that there is compassion and people loving and doing fun things. And and it made it uh, a lot more um, digestible, you know, kind of a thing. So I, so mm-hmm. I always wanted, you know, I, you know, uh, I, you know, I would, when I would do my work, I'd always show my mom. I was like, well, what do you think of this? And she'd go, oh, I like that. That looks good. That's very cute. You know, and, and, and so it's like, you know, I would not want to put something out there um that was just sort of um you know just visceral just like ah you know because it's like you know 
there's a time and place for that, but there's there's other people for that voice. I don't, you know, you know, I, you know, that's not mine, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, and I think um, you know, I have definitely been familiar with your artwork growing up. I I don't necessarily remember when I started seeing it, but certainly like it was a big part of. Uh, queer media for me. Um, I would see these sort of depictions of queer life when I was younger, and it sort of, I guess, made me more hopeful. <laughs> yeah, uh, not, that's yeah, exactly, which, yeah, which is a good feeling. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of people have that kind of connection to your artwork that like, oh, like, this is like what it's going to like, I mean, and I'm sure that you and I as adults and Jeremy as well to being in queer communities can realize that gay life is not always so idyllic. But it's a really, it's well, your, your, your artwork true. is very aspirational, which I think is, is nice. Yeah, I mean, and, and not to say that, you know, there is a lot of really good stuff out there that's a little more serious and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, tackles more issues. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, you know, the gay issue is multi-layered. Um, so, you know, I present one aspect of it and there are so many others and i think what but what it is is that you know i don't really want to celebrate our trauma so much of course um and uh you know sometimes we just we just need a breather i mean because the trauma is very personal i mean there's you know there's Mm -hmm. horrible coming out stories and there are all kinds of um you know sort of um just dark moments uh feeling isolated and being the only one in in you know that you know that has um you know um you know you you don't have friends that you can trust to come out or you're gonna lose family or religion and all this kind of and it's like wow you know um if i delve into that i mean it's just it's just gonna go on and on and on And, and i think that uh, there may be better ways to discuss those kinds of things than, you know, um, something that I think what we all need is like a moment of of joy. And so I'm, I want to be on that side. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Um, I also, like exactly what you're saying, it's sort of, there's a time and a place for that type of expression. And I think, especially you coming from like a comic book background, I can see yeah. where comic books are often like very idyllic and it's sort of, I, I remember talk someone talking about like the difference between like DC and, and Marvel comics and how Marvel is a little bit like grittier and they have things like X-Men where they're talking about like trauma and right. um, mental stuff and where DC is more like I'm Wonder Woman or I'm Superman and I'm just like really powerful and like a good person. And it's, I actually have always gravitated to DC Comics for that reason because, like, sometimes I just need to believe that there are certain aspects of life or the universe, or even if it's like imaginary, that are just pure and good. And I think, yeah. like, if I was yeah. to describe your artwork, it would just be like it's very pure, which Aww. is which is which is nice. Adorable. <laughs> yes, we are going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Joe Phillips. Awesome. Don't 
we are back. Ah, refresh them back for more conversation with the delightful Joe Phillips. Joe, this has been a pleasure so far. Sam has so many good questions. I'll let Sam get all of his out of the way before I I uh, interrogate you with mine. Yeah, I want to hear what happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, it's been truly a pleasure having you on. We were just talking about, uh, I was uh, just blowing smoke up your ass on the break, <laughs> um, mostly. Because, well, truly, I mean, I I always like to, when I get the opportunity to highlight queer artists, because like I was mentioning before, so many people are familiar with iconic queer illustrations mm. um, and artwork, but very rarely, and this sort of goes for a lot of different people that do uh, non-performance based artwork that they just they don't they don't really get the recognition that they deserve for their impact that they have on the community so for that we salute you joe phillips <laughs> well thank you wow okay now i'm humbled and and speechless um that being said though um you had mentioned in the beginning of our segment that you started off in comics so i know that you did things like speed racer uh, oh my god yeah speed racer yeah, you've done a ton of work for, like, I believe Marvel and DC Comics, right? I know that you did The yes. Silver Surfer. I think you worked on Green Lantern. Yes. Um, all of which are superheroes that I really enjoy. Um, but when you were sort of starting to make the transition from doing, like, more conventional comic book illustrations to doing more queer-eccentric artwork, did you receive mm -hmm. any pushback from your peers? Um, well, pushback pushback and sort of fear <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> it's very weird um i remember it, uh uh the transition was happening when there, i was going through some personal trans uh uh um transitions and so i was living in atlanta um at the time uh when i first first sort of made you know big inways into doing um gay artwork um i well, I was a, one of the founding members of uh, Geising Studios, which uh, was a big um, art group. And we had people like Adam Hughes and Brian Stelfreeze and, and um, Jason Pearson and things like that. They were all, uh, you know, we were all sort of, you know, uh, this new wave of, you know, young, crazy uh, comic artists that really put art ahead of just playing storytelling, but just mm. like really focus. And so, uh, and and it was like, you know, just being in a team of like alpha wolves, everybody was, you know, on their game. And so it really sort of honed our skills and we, you know, learned from each other and stuff like that. So, but there was a point where I just got to a point where I needed my own space. So I moved out. And at the time I was, uh, I had a long distance relationship with this guy in San Francisco. And, uh, and the uh, comic book industry had a crash. Um, there was uh, uh, people, you know, uh, comic book stores stopped uh, carrying books. They or, or some books uh, they, they went under. Went under. There were all these multiple covers that they would uh, try to sell the same book, and they and they were trying to get these, you know, million dollar or, 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 or million copies sold of, you know, the death of Superman and all this kind of stuff. And it, it just it just crashed the industry. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember. I mean, I don't remember it, but I, I remember reading about when that started happening. Yeah, um, I think it there. had something to do <laughs> do with like, um, wasn't there like a lot of like 
I don't know if that, maybe I'm thinking of an earlier comic book crash, but like when there started to be a lot of like pushback from parents in regards to yeah, like was, the efficacy of comic books or something. Um, that was a little earlier. Oh, okay. At, at this one, this was this was basically uh, corporate greed. Oh, that, I see. I see. That, that destroyed that destroyed the industry, and also uh, video games uh, and things like that were coming. You know, were coming more into fold, so people had a lot more. Uh, options for their uh, entertainment and so comic books was not something that they you know could do and so when you know when those speculators left uh they had created such a demand for comic books um uh expectations of what they were supposed to make that the investors you know well you know you you know superman number one or whatever is going to be you know worth this much but originally they were very small um print runs but now they're printing millions of copies and, no, and and the industry couldn't support that and so when they left the bottom fell out of the comic industry and everybody was scrambling for work and whatnot and so i uh was living in atlanta and i was like okay um uh, my uh, boyfriend was in san francisco and i said well, i'm going to san francisco i'm i'm just done and uh so i headed out to san francisco of course there was a breakup before we got to san uh, before i got to san francisco so i wound up in san diego and uh, so I was in San Diego and I was kind of like freaking out. What am I going to do? But I knew that Jim Lee uh, had a company that were doing a lot of Marvel projects and his own stuff, uh, Wildcats and whatnot. And so I uh, called him up and they said, yeah, come on over. You can work here for a little while to get some money because I you know, needed some cash. And uh, when I got there, I remember that they had like all these young artists there and uh and uh, they would like stay away from me. They were like kind of like you know they were like intimidated. And then and, and I, I I I hear this rumor. They're going, that's Joe Phillips over there, <laughs> and he's gay, you know. And I'm going like, well, what am I doing that's gay? Now of course you know at the at the time I had my hair processed. It had like two or three colors in it, you know, and uh, uh, a crazy fashion sense where I you know I think I was into. Leopard print at the time. Oh, it, everything must who be doesn't, leopard print. Who doesn't get it to leopard print sometimes? <laughs> so, but you know, it was it was really weird. But you know, once I was there, you know, they got to know me and calmed calmed the fuck down. Um, can we say that? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay, you can say whatever you want on this podcast. Okay. Don't worry. It is we are we produce ourselves. We're not part of any network. <laughs> okay, okay, but yeah. So, but that but that was what happened, and so. So, yeah, there was some, I mean, there were different people who were a little, you know, because I've never been sort of uh, in the closet per se, but I know, but, you know, a lot of times in comics, everybody works from their own home studio or whatnot. So they don't really have a lot of interaction with you unless you go to a comic book convention or something like that. But um, there was, so that was, a, you know, on that level, there was some, uh, uh, I was a pushback, but it's not quite the word, but it's more of a, you know, isolation. I didn't get to play around, you know, with everybody, you know, in, in projects a, a, as much as I, I, I had in the past. But at the same time, I had enough work, so I, I never, you know, it never bothered me. But I definitely think that, you know, like within social circles, uh, some people, ha uh, you know, had their own feelings about it. And, it, and um you know, there, you know, there was definitely a noticeable difference, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm not thin skinned. So I just like, eh, that's you. And I, you know, moved on. 
Is that an answer? No, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, no, I was I was really curious about that because I mean, definitely, I mean, it was you started out uh, almost two decades ago, right? Um, oh, yeah. And the world was a much different place. True. So. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I remember, you know, and years later, different editors, you know, would come out and and, and they would tell me they're like, I knew you were gay, and I go like, what what gave it away? You know, and because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, do you remember? I don't know if you remember this. You're probably too young for this. But uh, Marvel Comics used to have the annual swimsuit issue. No, I and, don't. But that's okay. Fun. Yeah, it was awesome, and it was like a it was like a big glossy book, like a magazine, like normally like comic book size, but this was like you know magazine size, and it would have pinups of all their superheroes in swimsuits, you know, um, and it was this, the annual swimsuit issue, sort of like you know, um, like regular, and so they would always get different artists to draw the different characters in swimsuits. And, you know, I did it a couple of times and, and, and a lot of, a lot of the guys didn't want to do the male characters. They always wanted the girls, you know? And so I was like, you know, so they were always having a hard time finding people who would do the uh, male superheroes. And I was like, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> so, uh, so there was definitely several uh, moments when, you know, that the art came back to the uh, editor and he's like, oh yeah, Jen's probably gay. <laughs> you know, oh yeah it's captain america in a singlet yeah i think that's gay. You know, very good you know, <laughs> that's very appropriate <laughs> oh look it's ice man he's just you know he's got a he's got a martini in one hand and he's throwing ice at this you know at the screen yeah he's, you know <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah yeah we won't say anything but yeah we know we're from new york we've seen gay people we know what they are so <laughs> <laughs> Love it, love it. Uh, Jeremy, did you have uh, something specific? Please take the floor. Uh, I've, you know, sure. I've been doing a lot of questioning, so sure. So, so Joe, when you when you were in this process of moving out of of uh, just uh, drawing and creating characters and and comics in say the big the bigger studios and and then of course like finding that you had a passion for telling gay stories like what what really gave you the courage to say like oh this needs to be done there's no like you were saying you were saying there's no one else really doing it and where there you don't you see uh an empty spot in the field it's like okay i guess this is where i can grow what i'm going to grow was there anything around when that happened that really said okay i'm going to take the risk and and go out and and be someone known for like gay illustration and and gay comics um yeah i guess i mean there were kind of two things like one i didn't think that the you know people who had followed me in comics would you know would you know find out about it i mean the internet was still fairly young at yeah. the time uh, so I didn't think, you know, anything of it, like, oh, you know, I can do this and I can do that and, and whatnot. And, you know, uh, I never even thought to change my name for my gay work. You know, like I know a lot of artists, they change their name for their adult material. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know, it's my, you know, I got one name. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, are right. you ashamed of who you are? And I don't think I am. I, I, I wasn't doing anything that I thought was, you know terrible so i thought eh, yeah you know it is what it is um but i but i think what it was i was having a conversation one night 
because I, I was working on Superman at the time, and I was really not feeling Superman because I just I didn't get him. And now I do, but at the time I didn't, you know, and I didn't, yeah. you know, because it was like a, a high profile book, which would have been, you know, career wise, like, you know, hey, here's a cherry on top kind of a thing. But I right. just saw I saw it as drudgery. I was like, oh, it was so, Superman mm-hmm. is so boring. Why were you? I'm just curious. Uh, what was it about Superman that you were not super keen on? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I felt a bit. You know, it, he just was. He seemed boring. You know, okay. that's like, fair. Yeah, you know, he seemed like <laughs> he's like I'm perfect. I can do anything. I'm Superman. You know, kind of a thing. And you have all these other people who try to fight him, and I'm going like, "He's Superman. He can beat you." You just you just the dude in the suit. He can just punch you, you know. And so that was, you know, where, where the stories were. And so I wasn't all that excited. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think, you know, like now I understand, you know, he's basically, you know, you know, the last of his kind. And he's like trying to, you know, uh, make a life with these people that are similar to him, but not exactly like him. So, like you know, the outsider feel and. I think if I worked on Superman now, I would definitely have a much better perspective. But at, at the time, I was, you know, I, I was just feeling burnt out. Um, I was kind of going through, um, you know, I, you know I'd, I'd just finished a breakup and I was in a new place. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what was going on. And it was none of it was making sense. And so uh, I was talking to a friend and, and they said, well, just do what you know. What do you know? And I was like, I don't know. And that was when uh, the, the the editor from XY called and asked me to do uh, some artwork for their magazine, and I did. Yeah. And um, and I got a couple of nice letters, uh, which I thought was really cool because, you know, even though when you work for Marvel or DC, you don't necessarily get the letters directly. You know, uh, they'll, they'll 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 you know if someone actually mails in a letter and sends it to you. You know, send it to the company that you know they put them in a box, and when you get enough of them, they they send them to send them back. They send them out to you, and you can actually read them. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't always a uh, a thing. So I started to realize, you know, that these made an impact, and they kept. Uh, and then other magazines would ask me to do artwork for their magazines, and then I said, oh, I could, you know, I could, you know, if I just made a bunch of stuff, I could, um, I could actually. Uh, you know, get this, uh, 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 you know, get more out than just sort of a spot illustration. And that was when 10% uh, uh, had seen some of my artwork in one of the magazines, probably, I think it was Genre was the name of the magazine. Uh, and mm-hmm. they had, and, they, and uh, I remember they also, because they, um, one of the art directors there also worked on Queer as Folk, and mm. they had that. Wow. The uh, American one or the um the the, the, the American one. He had okay. he had uh, uh, they did that that he like one of the characters did a comic book called Slash or something stupid. I don't remember what it was, but um um uh, but uh, they asked me to do the comic book for you know the 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 show, and I said yeah, yeah. I'll draw it, and so I drew that, and um and then I started you know, just coming up with my own uh, ideas from there. And that's when 10% said, hey, would you do a calendar? And I was thinking, okay, well, what do you, ha- you know, what's in the calendar? And I and I would think, well, you know, fun images per month. So, like, if it's, you know, if it's May, it's May Day. So people are, maybe they're wearing yeah. hats. And so I would draw a picture of people in hats. And, I would, and that's when I really went inward to, like, my, my childhood of things that 
I used to love those uh, covers for um, um, uh, um, oh, Saturday Evening Post mm-hmm. with Norman Rockwell and Norman uh, Rockwell. Yeah, and J.C. Landecker. And so that was my inspiration. They, and I said, well, why can't we have those images with gay people? You know, because yeah. they were always these slice of life little moments. You know, and um, that was that was the inspiration for that. And then once you know, and once I got two or three of those under my belt, I was kind of hooked. I was like, okay, well, that, you know, you know, there got to be more of those kinds of things, you know. And and it's that's what started resonating with people. And then that just you know, I was I was you know, I was in at that point. I was like, okay, that this is what I'm going to do from now, you know. And uh, so that's yeah. So that was the 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 transition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um I know that I've had some conversations lately with folks as like uh we have to face some of the some of the various isms in the queer community that are not that are always getting processed with each new generation that comes in and the particular right of social context of of uh how queer people are learning about themselves and each other. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can tell me about what you're proud of in the struggles and like um, <clears throat> with bodies and and the multitude of ethnicities. Like what was your what was your um, uh, uh, perspective on making sure that it was a world that you could be seen in and that you wanted to see. Ooh, well, that's a good question. Um, Thank you. That is no, a good question. Is. I'm impressed. Look at you. Because <laughs> it's important, you know. Like it's like I'll just like uh, add this little tag that like no, now no, in, I, now in I, 2020, I, like we have we have more fierce people of so many more different body sizes and right, gender yeah, expressions. Yeah. So many genders, so many versions of queer that like you know now. Now yeah. it's like, oh hell, I I just got a whole posse of folks running running from from the least to the most curvy and from uh, from the the melaninless heights of hyperborea to like the the most the most diverse, you know. And in, in like 30, 20, 30 years ago, there's just a lot of cute twinkie blondes and speedos no that's the truth right yeah well i mean when i moved out from atlanta to california i moved to san diego and san diego's got skater boys and surf boys which i had not seen before i mean you know pictures and whatnot but you know i hadn't experienced the real but for real for real real. and so i was like you know uh I, i learned about beach trash which is great uh, <laughs> no, now, say, now this is different from beach trade. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the okay. Same. It's just you know vocabulary, uh, everyone. You know, I mean, this is the old school beach, beach trade. Yeah. yeah, it's like you know, because like you know, they they came down for the surf and they don't have a place to stay, and you know they'd be so grateful for a place to stay for the <laughs> for the night, maybe a breakfast. He was like, oh god. They just floated on in. You know. Wow, that's so romantic. It is trashy. It's something I didn't, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. it. That's real queer history. That's like. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Like, it's, you know, because surfers don't, surfers seem to not have gender sometimes. They just they don't. look they don't like a mythological ever. version of a human being. So <laughs> thank you for this queer history about you itinerant know. surfers. <laughs> you know, as they, as, as they say, you know, I may be straight, but 20 bucks is 20 bucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, shut um, Questioning a non-categorical surfer. You know, like, like, man, whatever, you know. You know yeah. I'm not into That's kind of romantic. That they, yeah. <laughs> how you to know me better. I find those sorts of things romantic. <laughs> well, they, you know, they're, they're definitely fun. I'll grant you that. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, so yeah, so so that so like my first foray into the art was definitely reflecting the people that I was running into at at that point. But at the same time, you know, I'm uh, African American, so you know, I'm always drawing black characters in whatever I do. Uh, but I had you know, my my boyfriend at the time was uh, Chinese, and so I would draw Chinese people in there. I would draw, mm-hmm. you know, I would draw, you know, I had a lot of friends that were. Uh, of Mexican descent, and I would draw them in there. And so, it, to me, it was never, it was never, not a thing. But as a, as a commercial artist, and 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 this is you know really you know sort of a thing you have to kind of like you know it, it's just part of it is part of the thing is that you know you're you're always trying to sell something, and so the more yeah. just regular uh, um, little skinny white guys that you put in a story. Palatable. I know. Why must blondes be so palatable? (laughs) Why? Anyone bleaches their hair and suddenly they're a little bit more like the Easter bunny. I know. I, you know, I I did, you know, so, so, so I always wanted to have other people in there, but I figure, you know, if, but if the blondes, they're opening the door, you know, they better, as long as they don't close the door behind them, you know, that, you know, you can put them in there. So I think that was it. So for me, um, and as an artist, you know, uh, doing my own stuff, I, you know, I wanted lots of different colors and, uh, you know, just really to make it uh, seem, you know, real because, you know, my friends, you know, are all kinds of different people. And I wanted to, 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 to put that in the artwork, you know, as as many of them as I could. And so um, I think that's the, the, you know, if it's not true for you in real life, it's really hard to do it in your work, whatever that is. You know, it, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, you you know, it's up to you to surround yourself with 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 different types of people so that you can get those yeah. different experiences. I agree, and I actually remember um, because the way I got, I believe the way I started following you on or. Friend, being friends with you. I don't know how Facebook works these days. I don't know. Follow <laughs> friend, uh, subscribed. But it was because you started doing, I wish Jeremy will love this, uh, that series of tarot cards, yes. uh, which are amazing. Um, do. But I remember you had received feedback, I think, in the comment section. They were like, hey, like, maybe like some more diversity of body types would be great. And I remember you you changed some of the cards. And I was like, wow, that's like really. Like that shows a lot of integrity. Be like, yeah, okay. I mean, that makes sense. I'm gonna put in some, throw in some different types of body types, and I was really impressed by that. So, well, thank you. Yeah, no, that was the whole point. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely probably could have even done more. And I think if I, you know, if I do a new, uh, a, a new series of of, of uh, 
cards, I would definitely even uh, add more diversity uh, than I did. Um, But, you know, because like in the in the tarot uh, world, like when you look at the cards, I mean, since they're based off of these sort of old English cards, um, you know, they, you know, everything was these little white characters and all very, those little, all those little white people with their fancy yeah, clothes, with their fancy clothes. And so, yeah, but when, you, but when you start thinking of, of, uh, the world that they represent, I mean, you've got, you've got all kinds of cultures that are, right. are, are, uh, out there. And I was like, well, I want to reflect that. And so that was the, the, the name of the deck was the divine diversity deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wanted to, you know, have uh, different ethnics uh, types and different uh, types of clothing and, and settings and things like that, because I, I, you know, I kind of see the tarot touching, um, you know, all cultures in some way yeah. being reflected and yeah. having having that openness was definitely something that I wanted to to explore. And, uh, you know, just like, the you know, the first time you do anything, you're a little intimidated um, yeah. um, that was, you know, doing 80 cards. Um, um, I was like, wow, okay, that's a lot of work. But at the same time, you know, once you get started, it, it, uh, it breaks down and I also wanted to make sure that the, the characters, um, were, um, easy to read. Like when you would see a card, you could pick it up and even if you weren't, uh, uh, you know, very good. right. You made, didn't you didn't necessarily need the guidebook. You wanted all the symbology to be really right, rich. right, yeah. exactly, exactly. And you know, take you know, and then also taking uh, talking with the community, the the tarot community. Like when I would come to a card that the that the old icon, uh, iconography for me didn't work, mm-hmm. and I would go like, hmm, is there a better way to approach this card? What does this card mean? Oh, we should have gotten you connected with Jeremy earlier. Then he would have given you all of the tarot information you could have ever needed. Well, because, well it's a funny thing too because, like, I'm having my uh, friend Laurel um, create the seventy-eight for me, and I re- did. I did. I did it on my own terms. Like, and I mean, long story short, I went down the tarot rabbit hole as like a subset of doing a lot of research right. when I was in grad school on like um, esoteric iconography because I was doing early opera. So you have gods and goddesses and all that poetry and all the artwork, the iconography of how the mythological deities of the Mediterranean. And of course, this, those, those are all the great stellar ancestors of comic book heroes. Oh, yeah. No, like, no. And then yeah, it, it, exactly. this amazing come... Like full multi-dimensional time travel, full-blown queer witch circle of creating mythologies that that are open to everyone. And as queer people, queer people with a heart, like know that the rainbow is for everyone. Anyone can have some sort of queerness. That if you bring it in and elevate yourself, that you you are part of our community. Yeah, no, I, part I, of I, my community. That's a very editorial thing about <laughs> elevating oneself. But just like you said, just because you're gay, don't mean you ain't evil, right? right? <laughs> that should be a T-shirt. Oh. Uh, just because you're gay, don't mean you ain't evil. <laughs> trust me, I, you know, I, I know some gay Republicans. Don't even get me started with those. Oh, people. oh. disappointing. I mean, oh. I, I played they are disappointing I, in so many ways. Oh. I played Stop drag out the vote with my friend Alaska of 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 
TV and other sorts of performing and, and camera media. And like, the thing that always gets me is like, why? Okay, we're dragging out the vote, but like, no, y'all, y'all just need to vote for the progressive people, please. I'm Thank not gonna you. be. I'm not gonna be. I can't be that bitch who's like, oh yeah, vote for whoever you want. Like, look at what the hell is going on. I know. Well, and if, I gotta if, tell you, if you were politically, if you were anywhere politically like aware. Uh, like oh, okay. if that's one one the one way that you can turn things around so the planet don't explode or that humans don't end up not here anymore and that there's some justice okay. in the world, like be a superhero and vote progressive. Yeah. When you said the word progressive, I fell in love with you. Okay. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Joe's got I'm awesome saying. politics. Um, I follow you on on Facebook. Obviously, you're into nappy headed jojoba and all sorts of of, of great. <laughs> Great things. I'm I vibe with your politics to a T. <laughs> you know, here's the thing though, uh, and I think that's part of what life is about, and and about what the artwork is about, and and whatnot. So like, you know, you know, taking the um, the tarot cards as an example, you know, yeah, because uh, I, I I did have some people say, you know, because they you know followed me from uh, comics and stuff. They go like, no, I'm not really into tarot. I said, well, they're not. You know, you don't have to be into magic or all that. They they, they, they are conversation. You know, you, yes. you, you know, you pull a hand and you start a conversation. And yeah. that is something, you know, that uh, uh, you reveal as much as the cards are going to ever reveal. I mean, yes. Down yes. And then and so if you just, you know, if you're just looking at the cards, so, well, you're going to meet a brown haired woman, uh, possibly in the spring. It's like. That's not a reading, honey. Hermit is straight, yeah. though. Yeah. Let me. I'm, I'm now on your Kickstarter, everyone. Is your Kickstarter still up uh, for your tarot deck, or was that from a past time? Yeah, that, that was how I got the cards, you know. And that was the other thing. The, the kick, the Kickstarter. Yeah. I'll give you. Like, I've always wanted to do the tarot, a tarot deck for Yay. many, many years. But. You know, uh, and I started. Ooh, on the so Hermit, many. though. I mean, all of them, really. It's <laughs> pretty iconic, the levels of color. and So, uh, yes, I, I'll let you finish. Yeah, no, no, enjoy. Please enjoy. But that, that was the whole point was, you know, uh, so the, the, the uh, uh, one of the things I did is, is, is a lot of the, the tarot cards are actually friends of mine, people that um, are, um, oh. you, know, you know, that were inspiration. Uh, uh, like the Empress is my mom. Um, you know, yes, uh, yes, and, she is. <laughs> and um, you know the 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 different characters uh, have affected me. And I said, well, you know, they say do what you know. So that was huh. definitely part of it. And so I wanted to have you know from my perspective because everyone's going to tell part of the story. Like the human story is like super huge. So everyone's going to you know everyone gets a chapter to say what they're going to say. And if I'm trying to say something that somebody else has already said, well, then why are you reading my chapter at all? Right. You know, yeah. you know, you know am I bringing, am I bringing something to this or do you want to just hear the same thing over and over again? It's like, no, you want to, you know, you want to have, um, you know, you know, you can't be afraid of yourself. I think that's, a, I think that's the yeah. biggest thing. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, and I've had a lot of comic artists who are gay and they wanted to express themselves, but they were so, worried about the career and you know and and they'll come up with a pseudonym so i know like three or four different artists that are doing adult work and, and they're all the same person just with different pseudonyms <laughs> oh buddy <laughs> no, i wish 
Uh, hey. no, like, you know, but 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 the thing is, it's like when you finally find, you know, it, and you're like, okay, I get what you're saying, you know, but they have different priorities than me, and and it's like if you if you're afraid of yourself, then you know you've already lost whatever you, whatever you're trying to do, you've lost. You know, you're trying to have a relationship, you've lost. If you're trying to have a job, you've lost. And I think that's the thing, and 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 it's not something that everyone gets the opportunity to do so when you do get the opportunity to do it and you and you and you are like you know like oh no i can't do that it's like well honey somebody else is going to take that spot so uh just dive in if you you know you know keep splashing around you'll learn to swim you know yeah uh, yeah um or not you know people drown every day true <laughs> <laughs> dark but true oh my goodness it's true uh, I know. No, but I agree. And I think it also, that kind of characteristic ties into your artwork, which it's like, um, there's just not a lot of fear associated with it. It's just like, hey, there's these queer people and they're living their lives. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, ha- they're hashtag living their best life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag. Uh, but you know, that's the thing. I think, I think we, as a, as a, as a group, we're, I mean, we're kind of like, um, I always thought of, thought of gay people like uh cuckoo birds you know oh, that's birds, fair no they, they cuckoo birds do not raise their own chicks you know right they they find another nest they drop an egg in there and they fly the fuck off back to the party <laughs> you know and so these other chicks they grow up and they're thinking well i'm a i'm a cardinal or i'm a blue jay no you're a cuckoo bird you don't know <laughs> it but you are and yeah. as they grow up they find other cuckoo birds obviously or they wouldn't exist but they were they were raised as something else, and I think gay people are raised in a world to want things and to be things that are not our things. They were yeah. they're somebody else's things, yeah. and so yeah. and so we have these deep uh, um, desires and and, and 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 expectations of what we should be. I should be this. I should be that, and we don't really know. We don't really know what we're supposed to be. And unless you put more gay things, inclusive things, not ex- not exclusive gay things like sex, right. but inclusive things like a party with gay friends, you know, mm-hmm. then that becomes, you know, something that you can that, that you can um, feel, you know, enjoyable, um, you know, at the time as opposed to having something that you feel like you know that you have to be ashamed of if you can't. Oh, I don't want to know I'm gay at work. It's like, yeah, they know you're gay at work, honey. You know, he's like, well, my mom doesn't know. It's like, uh, you're 45 years old. You never had a girlfriend. I think your mama knows. Okay. <laughs> you know? and they don't want to say <laughs> it, but they know. They know. You know, and I think that's, I think when you, you know, when your spirit is sort of dampened like that, it yeah. really, it really shows up through other things and you take it out on other people. Yeah, you know, you take your own frustration out on other folks. It's probably a root of a lot of problems in the gay community. The gay community is worse than a lot of other minorities because it's more predatory in a weird way. Oh, real. That's real. You know, you know, out of desperation or out of not knowing how to yes, how to socialize, and now like we have to be concerned with technology further desocializing and you, younger and you, people or anyone who doesn't who finds it hard to deal with people in the flesh 
No, they do. They do. And, you know, I mean, they're, I mean, you know, uh, in the trans community, I've got so many gay friends that go like, well, I just don't get that, you know. Your what do you mean you don't get those are people with lives, you know? <laughs> like, it's not <laughs> like you're picking up on a trend. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of pushback because, uh, like you were saying before, there's a lot of expectation uh, facilitated right. by the gay community about how you're supposed to be. Um, I know so many gay people that they have so much baggage from when they were growing up that they feel like they need to overcome the expectation of who they were, who other who other people thought they would become. So they right. become like almost like gay Republicans, like no, they, like they really, do, yeah. really They're ripped like pan gay Republicans. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, gay purists. I'm, you know, like, ah, you know, and I think you and know, the you tendency to... towards misogyny. Let's not forget that. Yeah, oh, now we found all of the, our own and they all look the same and we all go to right? the same circuit party. And right. Exactly. Oh, there's, there's yeah. so much diversity there. Right. No, but that's the whole thing. You go to, you know, you know, there you go to a place and I'm one of the kind of people that, you know, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know. It's like, um, what's the spice that you can put into food that you can always taste it? Um, you know, it's there, you know, or or not like I'm that spice, whatever that is. You know, I was trying uh, to think of an actual spice. I couldn't. I couldn't think of anything. Is it like turmeric? Okay, cinnamon. I'm like cinnamon. Okay. Yes. Oh, yes. Cinnamon. Okay. Is cinnamon is iconic. You know, yeah. if you put cinnamon in hamburger, you're gonna taste cinnamon, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you you know now cinnamon's great. Cin- yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, in, in its own right. But there's certain places you notice it's there. You're like, why is that cinnamon in here? And that's sort of how I've always been in my entire life. I go to a place. You know, I'm, I, you know, I, you know, I can check, 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 you know, I'm the, the fat, the fattest one, the blackest one, the gayest one, you know, the, the, the funniest one. I, I can, you know, I can, I can do a, a whole list of stuff. And so at some point, if you're not, if I'm not cool with that, well, then you're not going to be cool with that. Because yeah. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be awkward, you know, yeah. like, I don't want that awkward guy always around me. So I, you know. So you have to kind of, you know, so like when you're creating your artwork or you're creating your voice, um, you've got to find that that section that makes it acceptable. Not acceptable in the sense of like, you know, um, what other people are going to think yeah. about it, but acceptable yeah. a- as far as what you think about it. And so like, so when I do my, you know, little gay stories or whatever, you know, I may not actually even live that life. I don't, oh, you know, I spend, you know, a large portion of my time just sitting at my desk or uh, computer or whatever, creating stuff. So I don't really get to do all those things. But yeah. the, but when I do get to do them, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be here again. So I'm going to have some fun, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. a wonderful yeah. way of, of thinking about it. Uh, yeah. Embrace in embrace. Ooh, that's not a word. <laughs> embrace your inner queerdom and don't apologize for it. That is the mission statement of our podcast. Yes, <laughs> indeed. For all the unicorns out there of all sizes, <laughs> right. of all different shades of holographic rainbow, like exactly. you know, to each to each their own, and without harming yourself or anyone else, and knowing the difference. Yeah, it is true. Now, like, oh, sorry, didn't want to cut you off. No, no, I just I, I, I like that. Yeah. Thank you. You know, as a queer witch, I think that's my basic golden rule. 
if you're harming something, you're harming yourself and others. So, like, you have to think about your relationship with with harm and with consequence. But well, yeah, I mean, I, I think do no harm is kind of like a great, you know, motto in life, you know, that you that you have. And like, sometimes you think, like, I think back in in my past, and I can remember the times that I actually, you know, possibly caused harm. Yeah. And and those are and like and there's some things that you can't apologize for because well you were there and yeah. you did it. You know, uh but then you have to ask yourself, well, who was I at that time? Because you know, you're not the yeah. same person uh, throughout your uh your life. I mean, you know, you really you, you really aren't. I mean, you do yeah. get uh affected by the the things that happen and, and some people get broken and some people um get stronger and, and it's okay to be either one of them. It's just that you have to kind of like recognize it and you know, try to um, um, address the issues because I don't, I, I don't really know. You know, I'm no psychi- psychi- psychiatrist or whatever. I, I, I don't know what the answer for everybody is. You know, I've got a friend who, on the outside, you think, oh my god, this guy is perfect. He's gorgeous. He's muscly. He's you know, blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he, stop talking about me. I know. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you don't have, a, but you don't have a uh, a user problem and uh, retreat into uh, substance abuse when you have problems, do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> been well, there, but I've yeah, um, yeah, maybe <laughs> another chapter. That was a while, was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that'll take a whole other episode. <laughs> you know, but that's that, that you know, but that's how they handle you know, that's how they handle stress, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, Lord knows I'm a stress eater, and if if I get stressed, I eat something, and it's like, uh, don't you know, don't do that, and it's like, yeah, I know, but you know, this bag of chips is either me or I'm gonna go out there and I'm start shooting bitches, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> like, we we try to find our balance on those harder days. I do and mm-hmm. I do enjoy eating my feelings. I enjoy eating your feelings too, Jeremy. Thank you, you monster. <laughs> okay. Now we need a video, we need a video camera for that. <laughs> we we are we are um uh sort of uh approaching uh the end of the episode. So I wanted to ask Jeremy if you have any other questions that you didn't feel like you got to ask our illustrious guests. And of course, um at the end, I would love uh, Joe to um, let everyone know how they can support him and what he's up to right now and plug whatever he'd like to plug on this Fairly Queer podcast. Yes, I think is the transitional final question. You have done so many projects. Was there some kind of personal like, oh, I've never done this before because I've been busy doing other people's projects or commissions what would be your current uh, dream project for you? Jeremy with the good questions. Right now? Good question. Um, what is it? What is the dream? I would like to do a project. Play. I would like to do a play. Oh. I would like to write, I would like to write a, um, a fun gay play sort of based off of the, you know, you know, these iconic moments from my artwork sort of all tie it all together, you know, um, um, just sort of like giving that voice to that, you know, cause I grew up in the theater. And so I see, I see things in that weird kind of, you know, artificial way, but at the same time, very, uh, moving, you know, like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, I, so, so I think at some point, if I'm, if I live long enough, I want to do, I want to do that. 
Well, I certainly hope and pray that that can happen and that you will be here fully ready to create and see it manifest. Because that's really, I think that's really lovely. Like to see, like, there are characters that get brought brought from the printed page into movies and into live things. Yeah. And so, like, creating creating something that is, you know, a, a performed performed version of like well this is this is what i wanted to contribute and these are the kinds of peoples and the kind of scenarios that have helped shape me and i'd like to present them to you in a live way i mean i'm kind of getting the feelings about it because i'm a live performer Mm -hmm. so like as much as much as like as much as viewing things on a screen can distract and entertain and and be fun like i'm a printed i'm a printed person and i'm a live performance yeah centered. live performance is, i mean because it's different every time you perform it absolutely you know? yeah it, I, I i love live performance it's just there's there's nothing uh nothing that compares yeah and i hope everyone who i hope everyone can sink into that a little bit because when we're at the fuck out of this thing <laughs> i can't wait to go to all the i can't wait to go to all more live events. I'm such an opera queen. I feel like I just want to like save my money, get my body in a in a healthier place, and then just do do the opera house tour. Oh yeah, I want to do the opera house tour from like I don't I don't know from like maybe Mexico City to uh, Tel Aviv or something. Mexico. Yeah. This well, thank you, Joe. Amazing. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. And before, like, uh, before we, oh, sorry. Now this is the part of the podcast where we all talk over each other. Oh no, I just wanted to uh, give you the floor to let everyone know, like what you're currently working on. If you'd like to share that, how they can support you, of course, because it's very important, especially right now where right. a lot of people are, not getting their normal flow of work to be able to support queer artists and true, true, um, true, true. yeah, how people can find your your wonderful your wonderful work and your projects. Okay, well, uh, you can find me on uh, JoePhillips.com, um, which has some of my work up. Um, maybe not as much as I should because Lord knows I have not um, updated my site in a while. Uh, uh, you can also find me at Joe Phillips Art. On Instagram, you can find me at Joe Phillips uh, on Facebook. You can find me at I think I'm Joe Phillips Art at uh, tw- on Twitter or at Joe or at Joe Phillips. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to get that name for everything. Yeah, which is weird because there are some other famous Joe Phillips. Yeah, I think that there's a Joe Phillips that's a, a football player. Yeah, there's a football player. There's a there's a famous clown, and there was an actor for a while. Um. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I, I, I you know, I, 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 I uh, buy it up when I, you know, as soon as I find it, and I'm like, okay, I've got to have that. Uh, as far as projects go, there are several. Uh, uh, one um, is called Princess George. It's a children's book. It's about a little boy who wants to be a princess on his awesome. birthday. Um, and it's, uh, it's a cute little story. A friend of mine, you know, they, they have, they, they, they have kids. And um, their kid wanted to be a princess, and I, and they, you know, they're like, okay, whatever, you know. So they dressed up as princesses, and they, you know, uh, you know, went around and 
had fun and, and it was no big deal. And it wasn't like he wanted to be a, a girl or, a, you know, he just wanted to be a princess that day. You know, next day he wanted to be, you know, a fireman or whatever. And I think a lot of parents freak out because they, you know, have this idea in their head that kids are supposed to be one way or another. And I don't think that they are. I think kids can be anything. And uh, that's the, the the thing I wanted to to do a book on. And so that's so so that's a that's going to be coming out soon. I'm going to have a Kickstarter for that. Um, one of the projects I'm working on is called I Married a Superhero. Kind of going back to my comic book roots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's about a guy named Aaron who marries a superhero. Uh, and the superhero is uh, Captain Jupiter. And uh, he says the magic word and he turns into a big muscly superhero and he saves the day kind of a thing. But it's sort of like a, uh, a, a, a queer version of Bewitched, ah. where, uh, you know, where the superhero world and the more and the regular human world uh, with, you know, with the gay um, mixed in uh, is funny. And uh, I think that's going to be super cute uh um at least i'm excited about it and uh that's gonna also start off with the kickstarter uh but i think we're gonna be publishing it through um either idw or through uh image it's um talking to both of them right now about uh the publishing part so i just figure if i get the artwork finished first because that's the thing that's going to take the longest um and I'm also going to be re-releasing my tarot deck, the Divine Diversity deck. That we Wonderful. Yes. I wish I had the clap sound effect ready, but I don't. Yay. <laughs> we're, we're going to be doing a, a, a smaller version um, because the, the, the first set, you know, they were the, the big um, uh, the big uh, four by seven cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the next set's going to be more, more uh, traditional small card size because, you know, women have small mm-hmm. hands. And uh, some people, you know, want uh, a, a deck that they can easily shuffle. Um, right. And they're going to be so we're so we're going to re-release them. That's going to be mostly the same artwork. The only thing I'm going to probably do is um, I have had some feedback on certain uh, elements that I may address. But also, like in the in this in the first version, it had like uh, metallic gold edges, and so mm-hmm. this one's going to be a holographic um, uh, purple. Uh, 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 metallic uh, edges, which that sounds right up your alley. Um, I know it's going to be Jeremy. so pretty. <laughs> oh, that sound it does. That, and, that uh, does and, sound and amethyst journey cards. Yeah, and, and and the next and 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 so and also we're going to be doing a book, uh, the Vine University book, where I'm trying to work with a couple of uh, readers to you know yeah interpret the cards um and you know put it in the book form so that when people want to you know delve more into the the deck you have the artwork uh and then they can have you know more um insight into the deck uh through their um through their you know through their knowledge and so i'm like okay you know (laughs) but they they are dragging their feet on it and i'm getting kind of irked but that's (laughs) 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 <laughs> you know you know time is money <laughs> that's that's fair well, you, you know what's you know what's funny and, and not not to restart our conversation again, oh no but, problem but you know getting something finished is way more important than getting it 100 percent right oh absolutely you um, know? i do leather work and it's like if i 
spent, you know, like finally I have like certain pieces that I, since I make the same thing over and over again, I'm like, okay, this is how it's supposed to look when it's done. But you're always wanting to like add more things or like make it more perfect. And it's like, well, it's never going to get there. Writers have right. that problem out too, where it's like, you'll never finish a book if you don't have deadlines. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, the second one, you know, so the second one will be a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I'll, I'll get to go back on, on a couple of those cards and I say, well, you know, I think I could have add more diversity here and I might mm-hmm. change this character out because, you know, maybe I've got too many cute little blonde boys in it, you know, I don't think I do, but that's me. <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta do what moves you. I believe I might have had one or two in in my in my lifetime so far. I thought, yeah, Jeremy's motto is you can never have too many cute blonde boys. So, um, no, I, uh, I I I I will stand on on my diversity platform. However, there have been times where Ginger has. I've been there. Oh. I could tell I could tell I could tell you a story that curl your hair. <laughs> oh, but my hair is already so curled, Joe. No, it's adorable. Oh. <laughs> it's true. You're both just very cute. I love it. That's oh. Thank well thank you. you. And thank uh, you oh, I feel like such us. a lady. Yes, thank you so much for being <laughs> it was an truly iconic, a pleasure. Iconic oh, guest. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Truly, I feel like the word iconic is often overused in today's lexicon, but I feel no apprehension in using the word iconic to describe you and your artwork. Thank you you so much for joining us on this very podcast. Yes, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. yeah, so you can hear it on iTunes or Spotify. So, Sam, as we um, transition on out, where can people uh, respond to you and your work at on the screen? Oh, days? well, they can always find me on Instagram at NukeMoth, spelled the way it sounds. They can always buy my leather gear at Ramshine.com, which will redirect you to my Etsy page. How about you, Jeremy? Well, I am uh, occasionally known to put Maxims on my Twitter or FicApollo777. But most of my office work is done at Instagram, which is at HandsomeJeremy777. I've got the Handsome Jeremy Musical Oracle, which generally uh, posts my Instagram things. Um, and we have a Patreon, so uh, our love and support is um, so undergirded by wonderful magical unicorns, including Janina and Florida. We didn't get your questions this time because it's a special bonus one, but we'll make sure we get plenty of your questions for the next episode. Yes, ma'am. Of a fairly queer podcast. Yay! Once again, a very special thank you to our special guest, Joe Phillips. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys are great. Oh, you are so great, too. And we will see you all on the other side. Happy quarantine. Yes. See you later. Bye-bye. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh my goodness.